What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney. This is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movies Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Boyer Race. Let's talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood first. This is the latest film made by Quentin Tarantino, starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. Leo plays Rick Dalton, a struggling TV actor who realizes that he's going to have to star in cheap Western films if he wants to continue his career. And Brad Pitt plays Cliff Booth, his stunt double. This movie is nuts, and they just happen to be the neighbors of Sharon Tate, who is infamously, as we all know, murdered by the Manson family. That is the only plot details for this movie that I am going to give you, but I am going to tell you what. What I liked most about this movie. First off, let's talk about Leo and Brad Pitt. The pairing I have been waiting for. This is the greatest pairing of actors maybe ever. This is the greatest pairing of actors this decade. We've already had Clooney and Pitt. We've already had Clooney and Gosling. We've already had so many of my favorite movie stars paired together. This is De Niro playing with Al Pacino. This is Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio, the two best actors of this decade, without a doubt. With the past two decades, who has had stronger work? Fight Club, Titanic, the two of them are movie stars. And there have been articles written, maybe they're the last two movie stars. Well, if they are, this has to be one of the biggest movies on the face of planet Earth. Let's talk about Leo DiCaprio first. Leonardo DiCaprio took a four-year absence from the movie The Revenant. That's right. That came out in 2015. It's now 2019, and he comes back, and he's playing Rick Dalton. Rick Dalton is a middling actor who realizes that he's aging, and he's now playing mostly villains in Western TV shows, and he realizes by a character played by Al Pacino that I'll talk about later that he has to be in cheap Western movies to have a career bounce back because Hollywood is kind of done with him. And the idea that Leonardo DiCaprio, the biggest movie star on the planet, is playing a guy who's struggling to get roles in movies is hilarious, but yet I also think it's self-aware because Leonardo DiCaprio is telling us that he sees a light at the end of the tunnel where there will be a day where he is not the biggest movie star on the planet and he most likely will be replaced by someone Maybe it's Timothy Chalamet. Maybe it's Lucas Hedges. There will be another biggest movie star on the planet. I think Leo sees an ending to all this. He has worked with some of the best directors ever. Tarantino, Scorsese. He has taken risk in their movies. This is another huge risk, by the way. I mean, he's both funny and weird in this movie as Rick Dalton. There's a scene with a kid that's just nuts. There's a scene with a flamethrower that's just nuts. I mean, what he does in Wolf of Wall Street is nuts. This is equal to that level of nuts nuts. But I think the most interesting thing about this performance is him being self. I think this is him being self-aware that there's an end to his movie stardom that again, there will be a point in a five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, where he will not be the biggest movie star on planet Earth. I would put this in the top five of Leonardo DiCaprio movies. I don't know the clear rankings, but I know my favorite is Catch Me If You Can because that movie is just amazing in it. But this is up there with The Wolf of Wall Streets and, and other movies like that. I mean, I don't know the exact ranking I would put it, but this is one of the career defining performances 
performances by DiCaprio, who's who's sneakily hilarious. I mean, what he does in Wolf of Wall Street is hilarious. What he does in this movie is hilarious. I mean, this guy, this Rick Dalton guy, I don't even know if you're rooting for him to fix his career or not. I'm not even sure if I think of him as a winner or a loser. I just think he's downright hilarious. He is willing to do anything to resurrect his career and he's also seeking fame in the biggest way which I think is again it's not Leo like but it's a lot a lot like a lot of actors out there he's seeking fame he's seeking fortune and he will do anything anything at all to fix his struggling middling career Let's talk Brad Pitt, who, by the way, gives his best performance since Moneyball. And my theory is that Brad Pitt ups his game when he is working with other great actors. Shall I name names? George Clooney in Ocean's Eleven, Ed Norton in Fight Club, Morgan Freeman in Seven, and now DiCaprio in this. Even Jonah Hill in Moneyball. When Brad Pitt is playing and acting with other superstar actors, he elevates his game and he outshines them. And he does it again. He does it to Leo in this. Brad Pitt steals this movie from Leonardo DiCaprio. Brad Pitt as Cliff Booth, some no-name stunt double, steals a movie. It's nuts. He just goes all in with this performance in ways that I've quite never seen Brad Pitt. That is what's so unique about Brad Pitt. I think with Leo, you see a a formula with his acting. Like, you can see a pattern of, okay, he's going to play this guy, this guy in Wolf of Wall Street. Okay, he's kind of the same guy in this movie. With Brad Pitt, every single actor is so unique. What he does in Moneyball is nothing like what he does in Fight Club, is nothing like what he does in Seven. Brad Pitt is the most unique leading man of all time, and he steals this movie away from DiCaprio. His character is just so much more interesting. There's a weird backstory with his wife that I'm not going to talk about. There's just so much going on with his character. His character has to fight Bruce Lee at some point. I mean, it is nuts what Brad Pitt has to do in this movie, and he does it so convincingly that I think you find his character way more likable than the Rick Dalton character. Now, I don't know if that's what Quentin Tarantino thought was going to happen, that the audience would like the Cliff Booth character. I like the Cliff Booth character so much more than Leonardo DiCaprio. I thought he was more of a human being than Leo's character, which I think is the point. But there's some moments with his dog that's hilarious. There's moments where he's He's begging for a job that are hilarious. There are so many Brad Pitt movies. There are mo- There's a moment where he's on a rooftop that's just nuts. Brad Pitt is at his best in this movie. And again, it's his best since Moneyball. When Brad Pitt wants to be a movie star, well, guess what? He's going to be a movie star. This Both Brad Pitt and Leo have done two movies with Quentin Tarantino. Leonardo DiCaprio did Django Unchained, and now this. Brad Pitt did Inglourious Bastards, and now this. I just think Brad Pitt fits in better with the Quentin Tarantino-style movie, where it's just going to be nuts and it's going to be bonkers. And I just think Brad Pitt fits in better with a bonkers-type Tarantino. I think Brad Pitt is the perfect actor to act in a Quentin Tarantino movie. I think Leonardo DiCaprio is perfect for the Martin Scorsese type of movie. I think that's why both of these guys chose those directors. Like, I just think Brad Pitt and Tarantino's collaborations have been nuts. Inglorious Bastards and now Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's one of the weirdest and best actor-director duos we've got going on right now. They've made two movies together, but I don't think other actors interest me in Tarantino. 
Tarantino movies the way that Brad Pitt does. Now let's talk about the elephant in the room. No, I did not mention Margot Robbie as Sharon Tate, although I, I, I did mention that she is a neighbor to both of their characters. Her role in the movie is the one I the one thing I wanted more of. She barely spoke in the movie. There was a weird scene where she's watching the real Sharon Tate on screen. I didn't buy the Margot Robbie of it all. This is an actress who sometimes works for me and sometimes doesn't. And this is one of those performances. I just didn't get why she was there. I mean, since I, Tanya, I've been expecting bigger things. I mean, the last few movies I've seen from her haven't been my favorite Margot Robbie Mary Queen of Scots and now this. I'm a little disappointed. I don't think this is Margot Robbie's fault. She signed up for this. This is what it is. I get it. I get she's playing Sharon Tate. I get the whole thing of it. She just wanted to be in this movie, it sounded like. I get the whole thing to work with Tarantino. She barely spoke in the movie. I know she had a key pivotal part to play in what the movie is, but... She didn't really have that big a part to play in what the storyline is. It's just basically two hours of hanging out with Leo and Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie just happens to be there all of a sudden sometimes. I mean, it's very odd. I get what the movie's about, and if you see the movie, it makes sense why she's there. But it really doesn't, I guess, artistically do anything for me. Like, it wasn't that great seeing her on screen all that much because she wasn't talking. She wasn't doing a lot. She wasn't interesting. She wasn't fascinating. She wasn't the same actress who played Harley Quinn in Suicide Squad. She wasn't the same actress who acted with Leo. They're in one scene together. Spoiler alert. They are in one scene together. I think a lot more people expected to see Margot Robbie act with Brad Pitt, act with Leonardo DiCaprio. I get she's playing the one real character, and they're both fictional characters, so you can't have that much intertwine between them. But you don't get any scenes with Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie. That is the biggest shame of this movie, and it's the biggest flaw of this movie. If the Margot Robbie character... Even though she's playing a real person, if her performance doesn't connect with you, that's my biggest issue with the movie. It didn't connect with me. I get it. It's a real story. I get it. It just didn't do anything. I just wanted to hang out with Brad Pitt and Leo, and I wanted Margot Robbie there. I didn't want whatever the rest of it was. There were some more really good performances in this movies other than Pitts and DiCaprio's. I will say Al Pacino and Kurt Russell had some scene-stealing moments. Julia Butters and Kid Actress had fantastic chemistry with Leo. It was one of the best parts of the movie. Um, I think Tarantino makes a movie that builds up to something intense, but does so hilariously and again rewrites history. He did this again in Inglorious Bastards, and now he's doing it again in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He's rewritten history in a way that's hilarious and intense and it's nuts and it's a wild ride and some of it works and some of it doesn't but there's no question about it Quentin Tarantino is a genius and one of the best directors of our time there are other really famous people in this movie Emile Hirsch Timothy Oliphant Austin Butler Bruce Dern Dakota Fanning and Lena Dunham are all in supporting roles and they all do something really interesting in such a small amount of screen time and the last thing I want to say about this movie the violence in the end is nuts and it changes the entire tone of the movie there has never been a 15 minute span of a movie that changed a two and a half hour experience more so than this movie no movie's end changes the tone of a movie more so than this movie i thought it was a fun 
wild ride. I would watch it again. Some others I saw it with wouldn't. I did enjoy Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I think most people would too, because it has star-defining performances by two of the best, Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio. Listen, I like Margot Robbie a lot. It's just her part, and it didn't work out didn't work out that well for me personally, but I did enjoy Tarantino and I did enjoy his movie and I did enjoy Pitt and DiCaprio and that's what I'm here for. Two of the best actors of our time pairing together. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I would see it again and I would recommend you see it too. Switching gears, let's talk about Boy Erased. The film starring Lucas Hedges as Jared Emmons. It's based on a true story. Emmons has to go to gay conversion therapy because he doesn't want to let his parents down. This film is directed by Jared Egerton, and I enjoyed this movie a lot, and I will go into great details about as to why I enjoy it. But first, I want to talk a little bit about Lucas Hedges as an actor. I think he has become like an indie film superstar. In 2018, he starred in the movies Mid-90s in a supporting role, and two leading roles, Ben is Back, and now this movie, Boy Erased. And this is Lucas Hedges, in my opinion, best role as the lead in a movie. He was in Manchester by the Sea. That's his best acting he's ever done. It's going to be hard for him to get past that. But in the movies I've seen him as the lead, this is the best performance. This was an Oscar-worthy type level of performance, and he probably should have been nominated. I also talked about Ben is back on this podcast a few episodes ago, if you want to check my thoughts on that. He's really good in this movie. He's really good in Boy Erase. This was his second best performance today. Again, in Manchester by the Sea, what this kid is doing in that movie is just nuts. And it's going to be really hard for him to come up with a better performance. But there is no movie star I'm more excited to see in things than Lucas Hedges because he's willing to go into these deep, dark things. Again, Ben is back. He's a drug dealer. Now, Boy Erase, he's a kid going through gay conversion therapy. He is tackling some serious issues in modern times and he's also doing it while making some pretty good entertainment again there's a way there's a way that he could make these two movies and they could be dreadful and painful to watch but he is making them interesting he's also not sugarcoating it which i think is what are making these movies work and why he's so good again the movies he starred in mid 90s ben is back manchester by the sea free billboards outside of ebbing missouri lady bird this guy just has a good taste in movies and it says more so about him as an actor and him as about a person that he's willing to deal with these some serious issues again Ben is back drug dealing boy erase gay conversion therapy some movie stars might pass on these these issues in their movies just because they don't want to anger some people this movie will anger some Ben is back, angered some. He's willing to talk about these serious issues, and for that, he deserves a lot of credit in my mind. Egerton, the Australian actor-director, directed this movie. He is just as good of an actor as he is a director. He's also in this movie. He was in the movie Midnight Special. He made his debut in Star Wars, the um, Star Wars, the to the Clone Wars. He was Anakin's cousin. It doesn't really matter. He has become a fantastic movie star, but he is also such a really good director. And his, uh, of course, his Australian connection got him Nicole Kidman and Russell Crowe to star in this movie. He's working with some of the best actors, but he is getting a lot out of them. This is the best Russell Crowe performance I've seen in a while and one of the best Nicole Kidman performances ever. 
My thoughts on Nicole Kidman is sometimes they say for actresses, oh, they're going to get to a point in their career where they're just playing people's moms. For this point, she's so good at doing that. Ever since I saw Rabbit Hole, she is so good at playing motherly type figures that it's not a diss to say that she's great at playing a mom. And then in the movie Lion, again, another Oscar turn. She's so good in that and she should have been nominated for an Oscar for this. Again, playing the mom might be thought of as a diss because she's in it. She's at an age where that's mostly what they're going to give her opportunities to do. But the way she's doing it is compelling. You believe she cares about these people. I mean, it's not a diss to say, Nicole Kidman, I'd like you to play the mom in my movie. And again, the movie Ben is back. Lucas Hedges had Julia Roberts playing his mom. He had Francis McDermott playing his mom in Free Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. They have won Oscars for playing Lucas Hedges' mom. Actresses should want to play Lucas Hedges' mom is the point of this rant. But seriously, it's not a diss to say that Nicole Kidman is really great at playing people's moms. Again, the way she played Dev Patel's mother in the movie Lion is nuts. And again, got nominated for an Oscar. Rabbit Hole, she's a mom going through the loss of her kid. It's a nuts performance. She was nominated for an Oscar. Nicole Kidman, please keep playing people's moms. Wasn't she the mom in Aquaman? I haven't even seen that. But it's not, it, it's some, for some people, it's like, oh my God, Robert De Niro is going to have to grow up to play the dad or the grandpa and things. Nicole Kidman playing the motherly figure in movies is one of the best things going on in 2019 right now. Please play people's moms, Nicole Kidman. You're so darn good at it. And she should have more than one Oscar at this point. And then you have Russell Crowe versus Lucas's Hedges, which is something I find really intense. Because when I think of Russell Crowe, I think of Gladiator and movies like that and L.A. Confidential. And with Lucas Hedges, I think of more sensitive. And like that's why when these two guys come to a head in this movie, it is such an intense thing because I know about their other movies and I know what they're kind of like in their movies. I think of Russell Crowe as like a manly man type dude, and I think of Lucas Hedges as more sensitive or whatever. I don't even know if that's true. I don't know these people, but their styles in movies are just so nuts, so that their scenes together in the movies, they're going against each other, and that relationship really makes this movie for me, because this is a dad who, again, is religious. He doesn't want to deal with the fact that his son is gay, so he sends him away to gay conversion therapy. This isn't a unique story. It happens a lot, but the way it's dealt in this movie, he still loves his son. His mom still loves their son. It's just what they did to to deal with what they thought was a problem. Obviously, it's not. I don't believe it's a problem. And of course, it's not a problem, but they deal with it like it is one. So to them, they think they're saving him, and for him, he's going against them. But them going against one another is what really makes the movie. I mean, Again, Russell Crowe versus Lucas Hedges is the most compelling thing this movie has going for them. That one of the best movie stars of a generation goes up against the new and young uh, and upcoming movie superstar. I mean, Russell Crowe, L.A. Confidential. He was in Nice Guys with Ryan Gosling. There's a comedic way of Russell Crowe. This is one of the more interesting career paths for Russell Crowe. I think it's an interesting Russell Crowe aging. He, I mean, I never saw Les Mis, but he can't sing. He, Russell Crowe really hasn't figured out what he should be doing. at the. Again, he's in a TV show where he's playing the head of Fox. He's having a really good resurgence of Russell Crowe. It's some of the best Russell Crowe in this movie. Him versus Lucas Hedges the father-son aspect of this movie is really powerful and really intense and they're back and forth 
And again, at the end, it's really interesting, but it's some of the best. Lucas Hedges versus Russell Crowe really makes Boy a Race the special movie it is to me. I want to talk about one more actor from this movie, Joe Alwyn, who right now is more famous for dating Taylor Swift than his actual movie career. But I want to talk about his 2018. He starred in the movies The Favorite, Mary Queen of Scots, and Boy a Race. So let's let's talk about this. He starred in The Favorite with Emma Stone uh, and all the... And, all the people from that movie who have become superstars in their own right. I mean, that movie was nominated for a ton of Oscars. It's one of the best, weirdest, funniest movies of the year that I also discussed on a podcast. And I talked about him on that podcast, too. Then he starred in Mary, Queen of Scots with Saoirse Ronan and Margot Robbie. Again, two of the biggest movie stars on the planet. And now he's starring in Boy Erased with Lucas Hedges. Nicole Kidman and Russell Crowe. This guy is having a heck of a movie career, but because he's dating someone famous, we're kind of not giving him credit. He was also in the movie Operation Finale, which I've talked about on this podcast. All four movies he's been in, I've talked about on this podcast, except Mary Queen of Scots. I didn't do a podcast on that, but I did see the movie and he was quite good in it. So that's three of the four movies I've discussed have been on this podcast. I've been talking a lot about, they're not Joe Alwyn movies, but he's really interesting in all three of the movies I've done podcasts on. And he's actually a pretty good actor who I think is going to have an interesting career. I just find it funny we're all ignoring the fact that this kid could actually be a good actor because he's dating Taylor Swift. It's one of the more funniest things. I just hope he keeps making good movies so that I can keep putting that point across. This guy can actually act. He has, a, he, again, just one or two scenes in this movie, but it's what makes the movie the movie is the big plot point between the two characters. Again, Lucas Hedges, Jared Emmons, and his character. It makes the movie what it is. And finally, I just want to say about Boy Race. I thought it was inspiring, painful, and stunning at times. I think it is one of the best movies I've seen in a while. Again, Lucas Hedges at full Lucas Hedges mode. Jared Egg, Joel Egerton directing is just it's a brilliant movie, and again, I just again gay conversion therapy. It could be a, a, a it could be a subject that most people would want to ignore, but it's brought to you in a way that I think most of us could digest in a smart, entertaining, and thrilling kind of a way because you're really rooting for this person and it really shows you the trouble of gay conversion therapy that all these people in this movie joel edgerton's character is somebody who thinks he has the answers to an issue that he really doesn't and he knows he doesn't have the answer to the issue so that's why he knows he doesn't have the answers he's telling them he has the answers it's just it was a scheme in a way, and it was just, it's a sad movie, but it's also, it's got somewhat of a happy ending as Jared Amon's character, as Jared Amon's becomes a successful writer, and he establishes a relationship with his parents at the end. That all spoiled because that was happy. I just think, again, the ending to me was perfect because it left it on a note where you saw that this guy is okay, but his experiences really affected his life because of, again, they thought they were helping him, but they didn't really have his input in the situation, and nobody should have been sent away to gay conversion therapy. I thought it was a powerful movie about how the decisions of your parents with you can affect your entire life. Again, they thought it was an issue. They tried to fix him. He really didn't have an issue. Thus, there was nothing really to fix, but they impacted the rest of his entire life. Even though it turned out right, they made a huge mistake when it comes to their son. 
Boy Erased, you should see it. It is one of the best films. And again, Lucas Hedges gives his best lead performance in a movie to date. Thanks again for listening to Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney. There'll be a new episode of Pop Culture Spotlight every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. This week, I put the spotlight on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Boy Erase. Next week, I'm putting the spotlight on the films The Beach Bum and The Mule. Tune into this, tune into that, and please rate, review, and subscribe. And thanks again for listening. <laughs>